friends, welcome to episode 10 on season 2 of the Good News Podcast. I am your host, Rosalie Janelle. Listeners, this week I am joined by the talented Kevin Jackman, or you may know him on Instagram or TikTok as Keats Did It. Kevin is a sensational social media personality, but also a very skilled artist, actor, writer, and director. His story is truly one that leaves you awestruck by the power of God. I was so honored to have him on the show, and I know you all will be blessed by his story. Our scripture reference for this episode comes from 2 Corinthians 12, verse 9, and it reads like this. And he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, most gladly, I would rather boast in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. And that was in the New King James Version. And with no further delay, here's the interview with Kevin Jackman. All right, listeners, I'm joined here by Kevin Jackman. How are you, Kevin? I'm doing great. How are you, Rose? Good, good. I'm so happy to get you on. Um, As you guys know from the intro, Kevin is a content creator. He has 1.4 million followers on TikTok, but that's not the only thing. He has an amazing testimony about what the Lord has done in his life. And I'm so excited for you guys to listen to this story. So I'm really just going to kick it over to you. Kevin, can you talk to us a little bit about your background of where you are currently and then maybe backtrack um and explain you know what has been the most powerful moment that you have experienced with god okay uh it's that's a lot to unpack <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh we got because, we got some time <laughs> yeah yeah the, the lord i just want to start by saying the lord has been so obvious and impactful in his work with me in my life mm-hmm. uh and so i just want to start with saying that uh so right now i am a content creator uh, I have, one, like you said, 1.4 million followers on TikTok, over 100K on Instagram. And this is all since November of 2019. I kind of wow. went from having zero on anything. But for the three years before that, I've been grinding, you know, making music. I'm a music artist. Uh, I write skits, scripts, uh, just anything content creating, graphic design uh, on social media, you know, trying to get a joke to pop off on Twitter Mm -hmm. or something like that. Mm -hmm. Uh, But until I made a skit called If the Planets Had a Meeting on TikTok, that's what really took off a million overnight. One of my favorites. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, So, yeah, uh, that was kind of like and I could feel the spirit going there and I was getting set up my spirit and just God was harvesting around me uh, to prepare myself for that light I was stepping into. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's always doing that, always leveling me up. So backtrack to uh, a- as a child. I mean, I grew up in Amityville, New York, uh, and, you know, I lived with mom and dad, very fortunate a house in Long Island. Um, we didn't really uh, struggle. Um, we always, we always had what we needed. Um, but you know, my parents kept us, uh, very, very grounded. You know, we took trips and stuff, but never, I never had the newest, whatever, like we didn't have, I didn't have the Jordans and things like that, Mm -hmm. but I had, I have a sister. Uh, she's a doctor now she's three years older than me. Uh, so, so yeah, growing up, we were always (laughs) going to church, you know, Mm -hmm. uh, African Methodist Episcopal in Westbury, uh, grandparents, great grandparents founded the church. And I just knew God from a very young age, you know, and I would ask questions like, you know, kids, 
uh, they have no filter. So I just remember myself saying like, so mom, it's, it's got over here, it's got over there, it's got yes. here, it's like that. It's, it's like, you just want, want to know where this entity is, but there was never a question, is he real? Just because how could he not be just because I'm, I, I love, like I just have this innate love. Mm-hmm. So uh, just going forward, I, I kind of had like an untouchable uh, kind of shield around me, you know, in high school, I was best dancer, uh, best musician, I was a firefighter, I was an Eagle Scout, uh, mm-hmm. you know, just did you a lot. Busy kid. Yeah, yeah, I get bored very easily. Yeah. I need to, it's like, it's like, I'm one of those, you know, there's different breeds of dogs, like, but there's dogs that always have to be running, getting energy out like yeah. a shepherd, and that's me. Yeah. So I need to be in something, keep my mind active, stay mm-hmm. learning, stay, um, stay hungry, stay motivated. Yes. So, I decided, you know, 18, you know, leaving the small town of Amityville, I wanted to get out. I wanted to expand. I wanted to uh, to go go get ready to go to college. So yes. to the Florida Institute of Technology. And I started as a mechanical engineer, uh, but I started to find out that college doesn't teach you how to be independent. My dream was to be an inventor, to like wear the lab coat, have stuff, you know, all like machines and stuff, like ro- robots. And oh, everything. wow. Yes. And I just wanted to invent and create, uh, but that is not what college teaches you. Yes, they put you in a machine shop and they teach you how to build stuff, but you're building what somebody else gave you. Mm-hmm. You're building what you have to follow directions that somebody else did. Like they don't yes. teach you independence of creation, which is what I craved and desired. So I switched my major uh, a year in to business administration marketing. So while I was at college, I had a girlfriend and we were that was like my really my first girlfriend like I had mm-hmm. my first kiss at like 18 so gotcha. like I didn't really know what it was like to be so close to somebody yes. uh, so I was learning a lot and one of the things I was learning was how people can you know you can love them you can have all the fun surface level but at the same time they can still be very toxic mm-hmm. and like yeah. you not even realize it mm-hmm. so one of these things was that she and she was so smart, so intelligent. She uh, she was the top mechanical engineer. She was a year older than me, so she was a top me- mechy engineer. And she all the people needed her notes and everything. So she was like a upright student. Any teacher, any faculty member would be like, "Oh wow, that's a that's an amazing young person." So, she, but she would um, she had a fun side, very fun fun side. Uh, she would do shrooms sometimes and oh, wow. she would take acid with some of her friends in uh, mechanical mm-hmm. engineering and be completely functional. You know, everyone at that school was, it's, it was a very, very intelligent school. Like people, the, the design projects, a lot of people go to work for Tesla, Northrop Grumman, Lockheed Martin yes. after they graduated from that school as a top 200 school. So anyway, she had asked me if I wanted to experiment. And for the longest time I said, no, I was going out with her for three years and about, you know, close to the end of it. So two years in, uh, I finally said yes, after multiple mm-hmm. times, after arguments over, like, if you would do this with me, you would, that like, you would love me if you did this with me. And wow. I to kind wow. of understand that. And I didn't know that <clears throat> one does definitely not correlate with the other. Right. Of course. So uh, I was learning. How, and so you were in the middle of your college career at that time. I, I was a junior, I think, okay. and yeah. I was a senior. Yeah, I was a senior at this point. Okay. And she was a year out working. Same oh, area. okay. Gotcha. So, yeah. At that age, who could know? 
yeah, you know, and I still have this shield around me, you know, nothing has, what could happen, you know, yes. I'm, I'm, I'm just a guy, stuff doesn't really happen, you know, she's using this and she's fine, uh, but there was just always something like an itch in the back of my head that's like, nah, I'm good on that, I'm good on that, I'm good on that, but then it just kind of started to take over, like, all right, let's just get it over with, mm -hmm. so I finally said, okay, we'll do it, so and also I was taking a substance abuse class uh, mm. as like an elective to just get an elective. And I started learning about different drugs. You learn about opioids, you learn about psychedelics, you learn about like plant-based marijuana, stuff like that. Right. And what more <laughs> incentive to be like, let me learn more. <laughs> right. And she was like one of those hippie teachers. Like she, you could tell she has done everything <laughs> on the face <laughs> of the planet. Oh, like, man. She was actually teaching it like it was not a big, big deal at yes, all. Yes. Like, so she was like, oh, yeah, so LSD, it was invented by trying to come up with a cure for the common cold. And Steve Jobs experimented with, you know, Harvard did experiments. So I'm like, OK, this has been around and people have done this. And it seems like some people have had some pretty enlightening experiences. And at that point, I was uh, doing a website. I had made my own website and stuff that was kind of going, going good on campus. So I just kind of was in that field of I need to be an entrepreneur I need to make an app I need to do something entrepreneurial mm -hmm. I've always had that spirit so I was like maybe this will level me up in the entrepreneur space so I tell my girlfriend you know let, I'll, I'll try it and then there's some roommates I was with uh they they gifted it to her like two tabs and I was like oh wow like you guys got that fast like right and like now I see that that's like just the enemy manifesting stuff like super yeah. quick it's, so hindsight is 2020 right exactly I have a question before you continue with your story at the time what was your you know you sound you sound like you were an upright you know college student doing the right thing involved in many extracurricular activities that were positive how was at the time was how was your relationship with the Lord did you have oh one? yeah definitely definitely have one actually one of my roommates was very, very close with the Lord. Mm -hmm. uh, and I was learning more. I, I was getting into my Bible, uh, just reading verses. Very right. like me and the Lord have always been like this. And yes. I've I've known that uh I've known that something was gonna happen. So this like, was like an attack on your on your character, on your spiritual um life, I guess. Absolutely. But I, I knew something was going to happen. I had a, uh, I actually went to a church nearby that my friend was there with me. Um, and I had a priest, he was, he held me and he said, I see something in you. You're going to go through something and you, you, you have a, a much adventure ahead of you. You have so much adventure. Mm -hmm. And he was like, he was like, and I mean like swinging from vines and mm. stuff like that. And wow. I was like, okay. And I just had always had this feeling that something is going to pop. Like, I don't know what it was, but something's going to pop because right. I'm, I'm still a kid and I'm still, something's going to level me up to the point where my mind is elevated to the things yes. that are out there. And right. when this happened I, that I'm going to get into, when everything happened, I was like, this is this is my my life's like pivot point. Yes. Like everything is around that pivot. So that's my testimony. So I was really, uh, so where was I? Where was I? So we, we're taking this, right? Yes. We can go to go taking, uh, it was 2016, the Saturday before the Super Bowl. Oh, wow. Okay. So we, that's why we decided, you know, it's a, it's a good weekend. No one's going to be doing stuff. Like no one's really studying. If you're studying on Super Bowl weekend, like you're not cool. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> you're like, right. you know, on Saturday we'll get together. So we were, it was me, her and the two of her friends. It was kind of like, uh, 
her two friends that are dating, but mm-hmm. like I would never hang out with them on my own without gotcha. her. So I yeah. was just like, so oh, her I'll friends. Y'all. Yeah. Exactly, her friends, but I was cool with them. Mm-hmm. Um, so we take it and I'm good for like, you know, we take it at 10 a.m. We're watching a movie uh, and my, like visually things start looking cooler. And I had a whole like mission. I was like, all right, I'm going to make a beat. I'm going to go to the park. I'm going to see some stuff. I just want to want to be, I'm only doing this once. So like, I only want to, I want to make use of it and see, get my experience. Right. So, so we, um, we go out and we go for a walk and like, I'm just, I'm feeling good. Like, I'm feeling really good. Like, wow, this is what this is like. Oh, wow, this is awesome. And I'm like, all right, yeah, cool, cool. So something happens all of a sudden where like, I just feel, this is the like, cause we're, we're, we're getting into a, a feeling and an experience that is not of this dimension, you know? Right. Like it's, yeah. So it's hard to put into words what this feels like, but the best way I can explain it is, I feel like there was like a huge pulse and I went inside like my mind to where, have you ever seen Avatar The Last Airbender? Yes, yes. Okay. Do you know when he goes into an avatar state Mm -hmm. and like you can see the eyes glow and like it kind of like shows all the past avatars go by exactly what you're talking about so it was like that but it was like and i saw i was sitting there looking up at jesus dying on the cross wow and i was there i experienced it i could hear everything i could hear crowds i could hear i could feel the pain i could feel all that it was real but at the same time i can't tell you all I see is like one picture when I try to look back I see one picture and that's him Mm -hmm. on the cross like that and I'm kind of behind him looking up Mm -hmm. but uh it was like outside of time so it was like within a within a twinkling of an eye how they say in the bible it was like that because it's not time is only one dimension god is above that so that experience I just literally said time is illusion (laughs) right so it was like all my from the outside looking in all it looked like was like I was just freaked out out of nowhere. Wow. Like, you know, I just went from cool walking to boom. <gasps> oh right. my gosh. I just lived a whole life and like within the twinkling of an eye and everyone was like, what's going on? And that's when I just kind of felt like I knew that this was real. Like, this is not where I'm supposed to be. And it was just kind of all down that downhill from there. Like mm-hmm. I had felt like I just needed to share a testimony. I was getting super param- paranoid and I had went to them and I was like, yo, like, I know what it's about. Like, I know what life is about and everything. And they, they didn't really walk with God. Mm. They they weren't with, with that. Uh, So uh, I felt like I wasn't safe because I was seeing through that. I was seeing the enemy clearly, you know? Right. So, so uh, moving forward, I was just going in and out of this state of paranoia. And this is on Saturday. There's a whole day before I had been, ended up being arrested. Uh And so you know, they were just trying to keep me safe, keep me in the house because the enemy was attacking me at this point. And, and I thought I was Jesus at, at some point. Like I thought wow. that whole experience, I thought that I had become the Messiah. Wow. So I think that I had gotten that twisted and the enemy was able to um, take advantage of this, this one point, this one um, vulnerability in my mm-hmm. armor that I was right. protected by Christ. Uh, so 
right because what better way than to make you think that you are like god right like if the enemy can make you think that you're like god then you first of all that's blasphemous second of all it it goes against everything that we believe in and so that's the you know if he gets you to believe any lie he's already winning Mm -hmm. right and and if i think and i literally said with the utmost confidence like i am jesus like i really was inside my head like that and i and i know that Jesus is always there protecting you. Mm -hmm. And as long as you're believing that he is there and he has died for your sins, you are covered by that love and that protection. However, Jesus can't protect you if you believe you are of him. You know, he cannot. So it was like, even though it's up to you to be protected, you know, it's absolutely up to you. So I was confused. Therefore, that protection was not available. So for that short time, when I was in that state, the enemy was having a field day with me, Mm -hmm. my spirit and everything. I had convinced myself that I needed to jump off of a building, kill myself. I had, yeah, they were trying to keep me in the house. The whole mission from Saturday since about noon to Sunday was to keep Kevin in the house so that he doesn't go and kill himself. That was really the main, that was my main goal like to kill myself. Like they were, I was locked in the house. I was, I was trying to like get out um, to, to save other people. Like I thought getting rid of myself, sacrificing myself would save others. Because you thought you were the Messiah. Exactly. Wow. So that was really the, the play that, that the enemy was putting into place. So I ended up going to sleep, uh, uh, go, like waking up in the morning, still being on this roller coaster because like, I would phase back and forth into, you know, I need to die. and like, wait, no, that's not me. I'm not Jesus. Wait, but I am. Oh yeah. And like, it's wow. like literally looking at a, at a person that you deem crazy, but literally so undecisive. Like you don't know what's real. These thoughts, you don't know what is rational. That's what acid does to you. Wow. So, so I wake up, boom, still tripping. Like, I don't know what to trust. They're still trying to keep me in the house. They don't mm-hmm. trust me. And I'm feeling very uncomfortable in my situation. So I end up, trying to escape the house like they they leave me alone like they go into some room because I'm I have like five roommates at one point okay um and I try to get out the front door is locked I leave I run out the back door start jumping over fences start running and I like climb a roof like and I'm barefoot Mm -hmm. like I climb a roof just trying to escape because um they said that they had just called the cops wow you know, so I, I was trying to escape and I'm running on top of roofs. And at this point, I'm like, yo, this is like the vines that that the uh, pastor was talking about, like these vines. Like, and I'm just like, yo, I need to get into wow. a house. Wow. Like, I need to get into a house. I need to get into a house before I get shot on the street, like Trayvon, like any of these people. Because this of was course. in 2016. I don't know if you remember, but young black men were getting killed. That left political right. climate was not easy for y'all. I, yes, I it remember. It was crazy. Um sorry so yeah I was like you know what I can't be so you kind of were going in and out of um lucidness right so you knew that you needed to get yourself to safety yeah yeah I needed to get into somebody's house I needed to get into a house before I'm killed like Trayvon killed on Mm -hmm. the street like Trayvon and I don't become a Facebook post that was what my logic was so by any means necessary I'm gonna get into a house Wow. Because you don't see police come in and just shoot people like now we have Brianna Taylor, rest, rest, rest in peace. Yes. Um, but I was just like, get into a house. So I end up 
running, running, running. And I open up a random door. And I remember like this, this white guy and I'm just spooked. Like I'm scared. I'm just like, I need to get into a house. And this guy, he's in his living room. He's like, get out of my house. Like, get out. Like, what are you doing? And I'm like, oh, I'm like, I'm sorry. Like, and I just closed the door, but like my whole sense of time was messed up on this acid. Mm -hmm. So I didn't know how long that interaction between us two was. And I'm like, the cops could be right behind me, you know, in position to shoot. So I start running. I'm like, now I need to get into a house by any means necessary. So that's mm -hmm. when I break into Mandy's house. Mm -hmm. Like I cut, I cut through like a suburb, like lawn, and then there's a window on the side. And like I break the window open with my with my elbow. <clears throat> mm -hmm. And I crawl in through the window. Like yes. at this point, my feet are bleeding from I ran wow. 0.4 miles barefoot. I forgot you were barefoot. Yeah, 0.4 yeah. miles barefoot. Um, I'm bleeding from my, my hands, like in arms, like I'm in a complete survival mode. And that's the thing, like a lot of people, the way I move now is I understand that beast. Mm -hmm. Like I understand what would happen if like the gov, I understand what I could potentially turn into if the government fell, if everything went completely like done where it's you need to survive. Like, yeah. it's like, you know, I know what people are capable of doing to each other and turning into, yeah. you know, we are, well, we are we're very, flesh. we're wired in that exactly. way. Exactly. Yeah. So I crawl into the house and I see Mandy there in the kitchen and she's like, she's like, what are you doing in my house? And at this point I'm, I'm just like mimicking her. And she's like, I'm like, what are you doing in my house? And she's like, what are you talking about? And I'm like, what are you talking about? And I'm just copying her. I don't even understand it. Yeah. But she uh she starts charging toward me, like, like hands up, and she explains it like uh like a bear, like trying to be bigger than a bear. Mm. Like she comes, she comes toward me, but I just start being scared, like this this uh this enemy is coming toward me while I'm trying to be safe in my house. I need to eliminate this enemy. And wow. that's when I began my assault. So like, I'm just trying to protect myself. And like, I really, it is just terrible. Like it, it almost wow. beat her to death. Like, and Jesus. yeah, she needed like her, her rib was broken. She needed like stitches, staples in her head. And at one point I had snapped into myself and I'm just like, I'm so sorry. I don't know what I'm doing. Like, I, I, I like, like, hell, I'm so sorry. And then like, I try to help her up and then I snap back into this possessive state and wow. I begin my assault again. So uh, she was able to escape um, alive mm -hmm. uh, when I had tried to like pick up a chair to use as a weapon and she was able to escape. So at this point, uh, I'm thinking, okay, the enemy is out of the house wow. and, and I'm able to ramp down. So at this point, um, everything is like just, I'm seeing red. Like I'm just red, 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 red. And as I start to like, as noise starts to lower, I start to come back. Like I, I'm even sitting at the couch, like turning on, trying to work the TV. And that's when I notice, like, you where were, am I? Yeah. And I like look around. I'm like, I don't know this house. Wow. And I walk in like some rooms and I'm like, what is going on? And oh, I kind of just remember back. I'm like, wait, 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 wait. This is not a dream. Like, this is, this is real. How did I get here? And I kind of just put the pieces together that just mm -hmm. happened. I'm like, oh no. Like, so did, did you I remember when you became lucid? Did you remember that you attacked the woman right I away? Had, I had remembered 
after like a minute, because my time is all off, but like after I right. sat down, after I walked around the house and after I asked myself the question, like what happened, then I just got flashes of like red again and like me like mm. beating up a woman. And then they said, Kevin Jackman, come out of the house right now. Because I didn't really believe it myself until the police were outside saying my name, like, yo, we're coming in. And I'm wow. like, I'm like, oh, and that realization that I am about to die. Like I'm going, they're going to come in. All right. So, all right, Kevin, this is what's going to happen. Like it felt like this was a good run. Like, like all the stuff I had done, like your life flashes, literally flashes before your eyes. Like, because why it does that is because you see an end in sight and mm. it's like, all right, what's the wrap up? Right. You see so, like, okay, what did I do with this life? Yeah. So I said, you know what? I, I won't be able to say goodbye to my family. Uh, you know, I was, I, I did great in school. Like, but at the same time, if there's somebody else out there like me, who's doing everything right, a young black man, who's, who's really living life. And this is the one thing that they messed up. How can I pass the baton? If they hear my story, like if everyone, if, if somebody sees someone like, if they see themselves in me, they know not to use LSD. Like, mm -hmm. so I took, I found a pen, I found a piece of paper and I wrote, don't use LSD. And I put it right where wow. I was literally thinking, okay, when they kill me and they find the body, where can I put this to make sure they see this after I'm gone? Like I'm literally planning so you really for thought after you were going to die. I, I knew I was going to die. Wow. Like, so I, I sat, uh, I put the paper there and that's when I went into another room and I, and I got down on my knees and my chest on the floor and I put my hands behind my head and I just prayed. Like I said, like what I thought would be my last prayer before I, um, before I was ended. So I said something like, um, God, I don't, I've done enough. I've done enough right now. And there's nothing that I can do to make this situation any different. So if you're going to take me from here, please do because I don't want to hurt anyone else and I've done enough harm. But mm -hmm. if for some reason, if I'm alive, if I'm staying here, if I'm not killed, if I'm here, there is no way that that happens and I don't have a bigger purpose here. I know there is some mission that I need to do because no one makes it out of this situation that I'm in right now. There is a reason that I'm here. Mm -hmm. And I literally said that, but if I stay or if I go, that's your choice. Everything, I will be still because there's nothing else I can do. And as soon as I said in my heart that I will be still, it's like I was taken out of body. Like wow. I was taken into a place of, of peace and a place of just protection. And I don't know if you can see right here. Uh, I do see a little. Yeah. yeah, that was, so that's a scar from the German shepherds. They came in wow. and they just bit me on my neck. And this is from three years ago. But yeah. Um, yeah, it's a full crescent and everything. And I see that every day, but I, I didn't scream. I didn't really feel any pain. I can't remember that pain looking back because I was protected from that because mm. I said, be still and it happened. And the only reason I came back uh, was when they, because the police, I think I remember them laughing. I remember them laughing, I think, at the dog because I, the dog like picked me up and like tossed me around. Wow. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like a real canine. So yeah. uh, they picked me up and I like caught myself, I think. And they were like, oh, he's alive. And that's what I remember. So they take me out, you know, they take me to the hospital and I'm still freaking out. I'm still, you know, losing my mind, still insane. 
but it's it's like that one point I was able to be rational, like to, wow. to speak to God. It's like that one point I was able to to say to send that message. You know, I had praise God for that. Right, right. Praise God. So uh, I was. Yeah, so I was taken there and then I, I woke up in a jail cell. So, wow. Yeah. That's so a story that, you got on you, brother. It is. And then the rest is how me and Mandy uh, come together and she completely forgives me. I mean, we text all the time now. Mm-hmm. Uh, we text. Um, I, I call her when I need anything. But that was a, that was a tough year because I had broken my arm. Uh, I still had to graduate from college. Wow. Yeah, yeah. So I graduated. Well, it was a 21 credit, <laughs> 21 credit semester. Wow. So on probably the heaviest semester, you experienced probably the most pivotal moment in your life, right? Yeah. yeah um, well, I have a few follow up questions, because like I said, you have a, a story on you, you know. So when it came to once you were in the jail cell, like what were your what was going on with your thoughts? Because you knew at this point that the, that the Lord saved you from death. Mm-hmm. So what are what's going through your mind at this point? Uh, to be really honest, it was yo, because they don't tell you anything. I didn't know anything uh, at this point. It was like yo, I need to start working out if I'm gonna be in prison. Oh, like, so, <laughs> I'm so serious. Like no, that's what that's honest. <laughs> I was like yo, I need I need to start doing pushups and I need to I need to run in place to like get this stuff out of my system. Like so mm-hmm. they they have like a little sink in the cell and then they have a toilet. So I was like I need to use the bathroom as much as I can to uh to get this out of my system so that I feel better. So yeah. I began to like run in place, you know, do pushups, um just work out as much as possible cuz I I don't even know how long I was uh, in jail for, um, I think a day or two, mm-hmm. but, um, uh, my parents had bailed me out and they had read me the list of everything that I got hit with. It was like seven felonies. And, and wow. like I had a year sentence on me plus 25 years. And it was a, no, a, a life sentence on me plus 25 years. Wow. Uh, and then, yeah, so it was, it was heavy. And then, you know, go back to school. Yeah. So talk to us a little bit about that. You know, you, we're facing all these criminal convictions. What happened? Because you're here with us. Yeah. So, so basically what happened is they said, you know what? I, I have through a friend of a family, I had an amazing, 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 amazing attorney, uh, mm-hmm. attorney Larry Hanfield. And he was a friend of the family. And he said, I'm going to treat you like you're my son. Wow. And we are going to do the best that I can to make sure that this doesn't follow you for the rest of your life. So I, he just said, you know, your job, your one job is to, one, to not do any more acid. Right. <laughs> and <Yeah. laughs> to two, make sure you graduate school, make sure you finish school. So I said, all right, I, I am definitely being as coachable as I can through this, this moment. So I was staying at my friend's house uh, on his couch and I was finishing school with my broken hand. I told people I had uh, fell off a unicycle. No one really knew. Um, Mm. So over the time, over that year, I had, you know, Mandy was still, she was healing on her her part, physically and spiritually. uh, And she had some great people around her that said, you should forgive this guy. Cause she didn't know who I was. She didn't know if I was a criminal. She didn't know who it was that broke into her house and assaulted her. Right. So she, uh, so she found out more about me. And then once it was time for me to, I think she needed to, she wanted to forgive me, but she wanted to meet me. 
because gotcha. she said she said it was basically in her hands what happened because they wanted to put me on house arrest they wanted to give me jail time they wanted to uh they threw out some of those charges but I was still had some felonies on on it like that mm-hmm. was sticking so she met me and when I met her uh, it was me and my father we were dressed in suits and we had flowers for her uh and <clears throat> this at this time I had like short hair like mm-hmm. actually no when when I broke into the house I had short hair and now I, I was kind of like rocking this look gotcha. so she saw me and this is the first time we had been seeing each other uh, I was the first time I had seen her off of LSD so I see her and I just immediately start to like shake and just wow. break down and just ball like mm-hmm. just just crackle crack apart wow. so she says, um, she said, wow, you aren't as nearly as scary as the last time I saw you. Mm-hmm. And that's when I just started to just break down. I was like, I'm so sorry. Like I could, I couldn't even speak. So she, she grabs me and she hugs me. She just hugs wow. me. And I'm just, I just cry over on her shoulder for like, we are just standing there. Everyone else is just, the lawyers are watching. My yeah. dad is watching. Everyone's just letting us have our moment. We were just, I must've been crying uh, on her in her arms for about like five minutes just straight what and that's an amazing story of forgiveness that's yeah, awesome it, so and she said we both feel like the pa- the power in that room was so astronomical not of this of this world she said it felt like a blanket of golden love just came down uh and she had asked um god to show her what she needs to do before that meeting and god definitely made it so Amen. Um, Amen. Yeah, That's good. So. Yeah. Imagine if she hadn't been a believer or if she hadn't had those people to send that message to her to forgive you. Like I can only imagine it would have been diff- a different story. Um, so that's God's provision right there. Right. Sure. And I still want to finish your question that. So, so from then we had the meeting and she showed me at the time uh, I wasn't able to remember exactly what I had done or anything. Over time, mm-hmm. I was able to put this together, you know, gotcha. piece it together and stuff um, from like meditation and therapy and looking back. But she uh, she showed me the pictures and I was like, oh my goodness, just taking it back. And she was like, I wanted you to see this so that down the line, if something someone asks you if you want to hit or someone asks you if you want to do something or, you know, take one, take one hit or whatever, uh, you don't go down that line because you know what potentially could happen and what has happened. Wow. So I was like 100%. So we left that meeting and she said she's going to do everything possible uh, to get the state because the case was not Mandy versus me. It was the state, state. of Florida versus me. So right. she was uh, emailing, sending letters to the prosecutor to, hey, make these charges down. No, I don't want him on house arrest. No, I don't want him to have any. Right. Deal. Yeah. Victim statements have forward. a lot of impact. Yeah. Right. So she uh, definitely, so I got on what's called adjudication withheld, which is after a probation period, after you complete all your stuff, uh, everything can be sealed and expunged and it's mm-hmm. like it never happened. So, yeah. Wow. Praise the Lord for that then. Because Amen. I mean, with her help um, through her, God definitely worked, you know, because that probably pay, played a major role into why you're here now successful um, Absolutely. doing the work that you've been called to. And, and really walking in your purpose with the Lord. Um, that's amazing. Before we close up or do our lightning round, I wanted to ask you, do you have anything that you want to add about your story that might be valuable to the listeners? Hmm. <laughs> well, the story, and I would just say the moral of my story is not necessarily a don't do drugs story. Mm-hmm. It is a 
trust yourself, trust your gut and don't do anything that will, that you feel you want to do to be socially accepted and Mm -hmm. not feel comfortable because this all happened because I felt like I needed to do something because others were Mm -hmm. pressuring me to do that. It's a a peer pressure. It is really real. And don't think that it can't happen to you. Don't think that, you know, things can flip very quickly. And I only think that this story impacts so deeply because I was an exemplary person. I don't think I would be here right now if I had had some type of prior shoplifting offense, if Mm -hmm. I had had any type of prior uh, violence or anything, a fight in school, something like that. Any, everything had to be perfect. You know, God had had to create the perfect canvas for the story to come together to say, uh, forgiveness really has no limits yeah absolutely so so yeah definitely just trust yourself don't feel like you you know you are enough I was trying to try this substance to add to something God already gave you everything you have I don't care if you're deaf I don't care if you're blind God gave you everything that you need to serve what you need to do on on this world in this earth in this dimension Amen. Amen. That's good. You are enough. That is a very strong message. All right. Let's start our lightning round of questions. Okay. Okay. Uh, What is your favorite Bible verse? Uh, My favorite Bible verse actually have it pulled up. It is Galatians chapter five, verses 22 to 23. But the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, long suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance against such there is no law. Amen. Amen. Uh, your favorite Christian artist? Oh, man, Lecrae. Oh, I love Lecrae. Yeah. Uh, so where do you see yourself in five years? Uh, I see myself everywhere in five yeah. years. <laughs> the I world myself, limit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I see myself everywhere, literally. I just had a call with um casting directors. Uh, I just had a awesome. call. Yeah, I'm getting into movies, film, fashion design, uh, cosmetic industry, this guy is the jack of all trades. You are <laughs> so talented in every area. I've never met anybody like that. Thank you. <laughs> that's awesome. Great. Well, I, I will be praying that that's where you are in five years everywhere. Thank you. <laughs> um, what does being a Christian mean to you? Uh, it means being an instrument of God, you know, mm-hmm. because this is, I, I love how um, before in pre-production, we were talking about spiritual warfare. It yeah. really is. Everything that we're doing is spiritual warfare. It is, uh, you know, the oppressor and God trying to do his work and spread light and move things in the direction that they really need to go. Uh, and no one can convince me otherwise. Um, but, you know, the more people that allow themselves to be instruments of God, to allow them to, you know, move together, uh, to, to impact other people. Once you have more people on the team, it just makes more combinations to be able to happen uh, to make, to spread more light and love. So for sure. Yeah. Uh, that's what that we, means. This side of heaven would be a lot nicer if we were all being used by God. <laughs> right. Yes. Awesome. Um, and last but not least, what would you tell someone who is starting or thinking about starting their walk with God? Hmm. Man, it sounds so generic, but talk to God. Mm-hmm. Like talk to God. Because when before this really happened, I was tight with God. But like when I have I used to have this hat, I lost it, but it said I speak to God in public. Mm-hmm. And I think that getting in touch with yourself 
getting in touch, you know, be, being all right with being alone uh, coincides with being all right with talking to God whenever you need to, knowing that because Amen. speaking to God like God does hear you and literally ask what you want. So many people, uh, they don't ask. Even myself, we don't ask. <laughs> like, right, yeah. if you want to see something, ask. If you want something to happen, ask. Like, ask so many times, receive. exactly. And it's, it's so literally simple. that easy. It's literally, but it's real. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And we have to ask your eyes open. Yes, yeah, absolutely. Exactly. And truly, truly humbling yourself and understanding, like, God, if if you are real, please show me. Like, Mm -hmm. I honestly want to be here. You know, if you don't want to be somewhere, you're not going to be somewhere. But if you honestly humble yourself uh, and just think about how how big and how designed everything is, um, then you will definitely get where you want to be with God. Amen. Amen. That's great. Again, Kevin, I just want to thank you. Before we leave, I want to ask you if you want to pray us out of this session. Yes, I will. Awesome. Father God, thank you for everything that has happened for uh, at my existence on this earth and this time that I'm here. Uh, thank you for showing love and continuous mercy to everyone and to me to to everyone who doesn't deserve it because we are not worthy uh mm-hmm. you, you gave our son you gave your son to to be here and and, and to die for for our sins and yes. and and you know we don't deserve that but still but yes. still you are here god yes, still you are here you you show love and and you continue to have patience yes. so please continue to bless everyone on this earth on your earth continue to break us out of this pandemic, break us out yes, of this, so this rut that, that we are in and allow people to, to see, to see you, to see love, to see light uh, and, and to get closer to you and closer with family and really, really just, just walk with you. Yes, I ask in your son, Jesus Christ's name. Amen. Friends, what did you guys think about that? I for sure know that the Lord's faithfulness was really highlighted in Kevin's life, and that is enough to give praise to him about. To find Kevin online, you can email him on keatsdidit at gmail.com or follow him on TikTok, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube at keatsdidit. Tune in to his page. I promise you will not regret it. Listeners, I pray you have been blessed. If this episode blessed you, make sure to like, follow, subscribe, and share with a friend. I love you. Join us next week for another episode. This is Rosalie Janelle, your host here at the Good News Podcast. Bye-bye, y'all.